Welcome, viewers and listeners, to another episode of The Vital Check Show with me, DJ Critical, and my lovely co-host, Dr. Joe. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood MD, and today we have a very special guest. We have a guest. It's a friend of mine. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Mrs. B. I am a proud Bronx native. Wow. Um, big wow. up the Bronx. <laughs> We yes. know how DJ Critical feels about the I know, Bronx. so I had to come in here with my Bronx native hoodie. Oh, boy. Um, I am an those. educator, elementary school educator, and I'm a wife of seven years to my amazing husband, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Hey, Jesse. Me. Hey. He's going to come up next time, he said. He oh, promises. Cool. Seven years. That's, that's good. Yeah. So you'll be, be giving uh, Dr. Joe, like, marriage tips? No. Oh, okay. No, but been, she sends us like daily prayers for our marriage. That, that it's works. really beautiful. Oh, that works. That's, yeah. that's nice. It yeah. is. It's mean it's thoughtful. One day when I get married, maybe you can send me some <laughs> yes, prayers. Some prayers. We do. I don't think you need, I need prayers, prayers when you're Exactly. Yeah. I need exactly. The now. <laughs> Damn it. We're back. Yes. All right. So we asked our listeners as usual for the humble brag for this session and my one of my childhood friends submitted this one. Okay. Her son, who's all of two, um, turned to help a little girl behind him up a rope ladder. And she said, F the patriarchy. So, you know, she, he's Wait. learning a valuable skill set at so this he, age. he touched the girl's tush? Uh, well, I guess you're, you're part of the patriarchy, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure, like, how. Two years old. Okay. Um, I mean, he assisted her, but I think just the thought that, you know... Yeah, being helpful at two, it, it starts there. Exactly. When I was a young buck, I was helping and I was, you know, thoughtful. And now I'm growing into the helpful, thoughtful man that I am. Oh, yes. You know, the, the chivalrous very, gentleman that very you are. Abundance of chivalry. <laughs> yes. So, you know, on this chivalry, let's, um, let's just head into what you are up to nowadays with this critically single segment. I'm still single, critically. Okay. Um, I went to Jamaica. Oh. I went to Jamaica recently. Um, I went for a wedding. Was this on Instagram? Uh, no, I, I didn't post it on Instagram oh. yet. But by the time this comes out, yeah, I'll post it. You know, silent G's. Yeah, yeah, like lasagna. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I went to Jamaica. I um, for DJ'd business or pleasure? Uh, you know, a little bit. Of both. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm kidding. It was um, it was business, but it was like family friends. Um, so I actually stayed in my room. Oh. Uh, oh my yeah were you, you know, feeling was, well yeah I, I felt i felt great okay so I, I i was really in focused on like job mode mm. so i went there to work okay a little bit of play okay. if possible like i was by the poolside i i tanned my back a little bit oh my yeah you did know, you put so. sunscreen i did excellent twice i'm so glad <laughs> yes well, dark skinned people can burn can burn yes. yes even all the vitamin d is good pause but you know, we still need sunblock. Exactly. Right. Good job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Although so, it's supposed to be every two hours, so depend how long you were on the beach. Um, well, I it, it was like cloudy at times, so it's it was. The it sun rays matter. are still there. Yeah. Well, no, I put it on twice, but it wasn't two hours. Okay. So there was there was this one girl, woman, oh, uh-huh. female, whichever one should I use? Gallus. <laughs> and she was cool, but I wanted to say that at this current state. Mm. Of me being single, okay. I am content oh, with good. the person that I'm dating. Oh, mm. oh my! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're gonna so have to I, do the litmus test. Yeah, you know? so I wasn't really, 
out there looking for it. I mean, there was one girl that was like, I would have said mm. something to her. Okay. But I was like, ah, you know. I like what I got back home. Yes. I do. Oh, my wow. listeners. Yes. This is a, a pivotal moment. <laughs> Things are changing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, was this man. episode eight? No, we're at nine. We're at nine. Wow. This is nine. So nine episodes, and I'm, I'm getting it. <laughs> Let's just hope you don't do something that uh, ruins it. I, ho- I, hope so. I hope so. I hope not. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Well... We are going to transition into something that is not so happy. Um, So, as many of you know, there was a pretty bad tragedy in Texas, and our thoughts and our prayers are with those afflicted in pain and, you know, and going through the emotions. I think all of us are kind of just feeling it, um, especially those who have lost family members. Um, But there was... and. It's also the end of the school year, so I think that was also they were two days away from you know their last day of school, so I think the last several years, not even I think you know, it's been rough for the last two three years. Um, so there was this Instagram post that kind of inspired this whole conversation today, um, and it's again reflecting on what happened in Texas. Um, So it goes like this. It was from Joshua Potash. It says to ask teachers to be on the front line of mass shootings, the front line of a pandemic and the front line of the struggle against inequality, all while underpaying them and systematically underfunding the education system is both cruel and a recipe for societal collapse. Um, I agree. Me too. A hundred percent. And thousand percent. We brought in Mrs. B because she is a educator and a cultivator cultivator of young minds. A cultivator of young minds. That she is. Um, and but she's from the Bronx, though. From she is from the Absolutely. Bronx. Absolutely. I don't think it's a but. That's a lot of minds to cultivate. It is that needs cultivation. I mean, I think everywhere. No, especially in the Bronx. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> We're going to keep it at everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. Um, but, Fine. you know, we recently, she invited us to do a career panel. Nice. So we spoke to her, her students. And it was refreshing because I think I at least am at the point of my career where I don't feel joy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was nice to see someone excited for me. For you. Right. Right. Um, so these kids were just like bright eyed, bushy tail, like... You know, oh my gosh, you're a doctor. Yeah, and like, and I look like them, right? Um, But I think one of the issues, you know, we we I also work in the Bronx, right? Is that the kids aren't coming to school, Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I I've been feeling this way, Um, because there's just a lot of issues out there. Um, So, what what are some of the reasons why they're not coming to school? Is it because their parents or they're on the streets or? bullying or i think it's it's just too many layers to peel back and one of them is just the pandemic messed everything up right like you're used to being remote in the comfort of your home and now you have to going back right deal with all these issues in person like it's 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 been a rough transition right like you didn't have to really see the bullying in person you didn't have to take the transportation that's like messed up Right, right um 
But I pulled up this article, and feel free to jump in, Mrs. V, um, that said by the year's end, 37% of the students in kindergarten through 12th grade are expected to be considered chronically absent. So that means you've missed 10% or about 18 days of the school year. So I'm seeing kids in the 50s and 60s, like, like it's nothing. I saw a kid with 155 days of absences. But then it's not, it's not safe, though, like as far as like, because we're still in a pandemic and now there's like monkeypox and stuff going around. There so is like, monkeypox. You have to be really. So I don't blame them for not going. Ooh. I mean, listen. Well, are they making this decision themselves or is like their parents just not sending them? I think it's. I mean, this is being. So I can Go chime ahead. in. Um, as an elementary school educator, the majority of the students depend on their parents to bring them to school or a family member. Right. So if a child is in kindergarten and say, for example, their parents oversleep, mm -hmm. they don't come to school. They may not be able to come to school. Whereas I have students in the fifth grade that they walk to school and they um, walk home from school. And um, oftentimes they'll tell me, oh, you know, I woke up late. I woke up late. So we try to emphasize to the children that as long as you come to school, better late than not sure not at sure. all. Correct. But I feel like a lot of it is sometimes, for whatever reason, the children are not, the parents are not, are unable to bring them to school. I think with COVID, I've noticed um, that even if a student, which I understand if they have like a cold, like a common cold, a lot of parents will keep them home, which, you know, you don't want to spread germs. So um, there's a lot more reasons why, um, you know, the children are not in school sometimes. You know, I had a student whose parent um, said they didn't have clean clothes, so mm. they didn't bring them to school. So it's not just one size fits all. Um, you don't know. And sometimes um, people may not share what they're going through and their reasons why. Why did um, right. But I've noticed in the past two years that the rates have gone, like the percentage of the chronic absenteeism has uh, risen so much. Um, and it's really sad because, as you know, during a pandemic, a lot of kids lost a lot of education. Mm -hmm. um, and then even this school year, they're still missing a lot of it, um, which, in my opinion, is a 911 like alert alert. Like this is a serious issue um, because the kids were already many of them were already significantly behind grade level. And as you know, if you're not in school, you know, you're not getting the education that you need. So how, how does the school system or like teachers remedy um the absences and like people the students being behind do like you extend the school year do you make like saturday classes it's like longer days like how do you combat that how would you think yeah. so everything comes down to funding so to have saturday dollar, dollar bills you need funding mm -hmm. um we did have like um intervention programs that was new this year because of the pandemic last year we were in person and uh remote remote right? yeah it was a mixture of blending or you either fully remote this year it was full force everyone is in school every single day so what um they decided to do was to have like these academic intervention programs after school for like an hour mm -hmm. um like at least twice a week to try to help um there weren't any saturday programs and um, that was one of the ways that they tried to, you know, help to make up, I guess, that loss mm -hmm. um, that the students had in, you know, their education um, that they, you know, that they had lost. So. And I think also, like, there's attendance teachers. And yes. 
I go to the main office. I'm like, yo, bro, did you go to this kid's house? Like, I don't understand why this kid has been absent for 90 days. Like, what is being done? And really, I think we're at the point where everyone's just burnt out, right? Yeah. Like, everyone is just trying to it's survive. Lot. Lot, yeah. um, right? Like, you have failing schools. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, what's messed up about this situation is that kids... Schools get paid based on kids being present. Right. Mm-hmm. So every day that a seat is empty, that school is losing, losing funding. Yeah. And that's the messed up part, right? Because who's that, who's that being affected? Or who's being affected by that? It's the, the, it's the students in the underprivileged neighborhoods. Yes. Right? The ones that are already having the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. The one that already has issues at home. So now, like... I'm not present in school, so I'm not learning, but also my school's getting affected. Like, some of my schools are actually even, like, doing lottery systems. Like, if you have 100% attendance, we're going to do a raffle for you Mm -hmm. to get a free computer. Wow. Yeah. Right? So now, like, we have to uh, incentivize elementary school kids, right? Because you think, like, oh, middle school, high school, like, you know, you're already cutting classes and stuff, but now... I don't cut classes. I didn't cut class till 12th grade until I met a certain person, but... Um, Andre? Yeah. So... Wow. I was a good kid. <laughs> wow. But, that is... Yeah. Interesting. Never cut class. Until... I never cut until class. Until my senior year. Ever? Ever. Oh, that's good for you. It's a terrifying never. feeling. I don't recommend it. I... Literally, I my heart was racing every my time I did it. My parents were educators. I was, like, not trying to mess with them. I was... Good for you. No, I wasn't... Mm-mm. You went to school in the Bronx? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah. It's, I've seen some things. Yeah, stay in class. Yeah. <laughs> stay in class. I've seen some things. Um, but yeah, so then another way that the city is addressing is now they're going to have two full-time virtual schools for the fall. Two full-time virtual schools, like for the whole year? Yeah. Because it's that bad. It's that bad. Yeah. Well, are, are, <clears throat> what's the success rate of... Is there a way to know how virtual schooling is productive like are they really like learning when they're in their kitchen i'm gonna be honest with you i did not like remote learning as an educator um it took it was um mentally exhausting because you know that that's not the way that at least elementary school students learn best yeah um there were a lot of inequalities with like um getting devices yeah. and technology issues mm-hmm. and internet uh, internet was a big issue i remember doing like um whatsapp video calls with parents trying to show them and navigating how to go into the google classroom it was and i tried google classroom myself like that joint yeah. is hard to navigate yeah. there's like so many tabs and then you have to and like the tweet said, um, and now just giving extra like duties and responsibilities to the the teachers to like you know go above and beyond and try to like get the students uh, incorporated and everything, and yet like y'all don't really get paid that well. So fortunately, in um, New York City um, or even New York State, mm-hmm. I would say certain um, areas in New York State, um, the average is higher than other states okay um like in new york city let's say starting teachers may make like about like 55 sixty thousand dollars um many of my colleagues make six figures okay um so you know but also the cost of living is very high right right you know um and i know when i went into teaching i never thought like oh i'm gonna be a teacher because i'm gonna make this big money right i never thought about that i just did it because i knew that's what i was passionate about i knew that was gonna be my life's work i knew it was gonna be my calling and and um, that's what motivated me was 
knowing that I could really make an impact in the mm -hmm. lives of students, especially elementary age students. And I think about the, I mean, the, I mean, I think everybody could probably think about like their favorite teacher in elementary school, or maybe a teacher that was not their favorite. You know, a Miss teacher McBride, that third grade may have. She gave the best Christmas gift though. She gave me a really personalized book that was like oh? the genre I liked, but she was mean. Bro. Yeah, I, and that for me, I, I don't was want, always a teacher's pet. You were a teacher's pet? Hell yeah. I was mm. a teacher's pet too. Me too. And I became a teacher I love, too. Love yeah. all my teachers. No, wait, one. There was this guy named Mr. Ridge, but he was just like a stickler, a stickler with, with everybody. It wasn't like he singled me out. Mm. But um But he yeah. expected excellence from yes, you guys. And yes. it helped it helped me strive and be determined. Yeah. And that's what you get me. Right and that's now. important. <laughs> um I think as teachers we have the responsibility to kind of almost like ignite that enthusiasm and that passion in, in our students and it, and tell them we expect more you mm -hmm. know i tell my students i'm like i know none of you guys are not how do i say it i don't expect anyone to be mediocre i tell them like that mm. i said i don't want to be mediocre i don't come in here to be mediocre and i don't expect that from you i have high expectations of you um because i know that you have it in you, you like know? teachers is like basically like parents because they spend they're a everything lot of time right now with your child yeah so i don't have any children of my own um but i've definitely been called mom several times oh my gosh mom and i'm looking at you i'm like oh, i'm at your mommy you know <laughs> I'm at your mommy. but it's all love because if you've probably been around teachers you may hear them say like oh my kids my kids right, i say right, that a lot right, right. and then um i remember talking with someone one time and i was like yeah my kids i have like 24 of them and she was looking at me like what do i said oh me i mean my students <laughs> um so you because you're with the students so long um, during the day and you build these bonds, I feel one of the best ways to um, be an effective teacher is to truly build relationships with your students. That's where it starts. Right. right. If your students feel like that you respect them, that you care for them, because kids know the real from the not so real. Oh, yeah. They know who's for They're them. Honest. And they know who's not for them. Yeah. So if you are truly genuine and warm, loving to the children, but also remind them that at the end of the day i'm not your friend right. you know i'm, I'm not your little friend i'm not your little friend <laughs> i've definitely said that before yeah. um or bro i've had students with a bro i'm like bro you know but um yeah i think that's where it starts like you really want to build relationships with students because that's how they're going to feel safe and comfortable and then everything else it trickles down yeah it trickles down that's yeah. what's worked for me over the years and um, i was like a principal told me like she had a kindergartner they didn't know how to hold a pencil like that's how messed up the pen like the pandemic has been like kids find motor skills are not even being developed mm -hmm. because yeah, you're not virtual to talk, not to talk about like their social skills yeah. that's being affected because these kids out here are bad i mean i don't it, i it, wouldn't it. say bad <laughs> so i wouldn't say the bad i would, would say, say that sometimes children make bad choices but I don't think a child really wants to be bad. I think oftentimes they're seeking for attention. That's a life lesson right there. They're Can seeking... we snap some fingers? <laughs> <laughs> they're seeking for attention. So now you have to think about, okay, how can you redirect this, I guess, negative um, way they're trying to mm -hmm. get this attention? Okay. And how That's can fair. you make that into that. a positive? So um, I, can, I can think back in last year, my co-teacher was teaching in the front of the class. 
and I was in the back and um, one of our students, he was making like a lot of noise. He was sitting at the desk and he was like tapping and he was, it looked like he wanted some attention. So she stops and she's a veteran teacher and she said, do you, she stopped, looked at him, she said, do you need my attention? And he looked at her and he stopped and she spoke to him very quietly, you know, and he told her he was hungry. We didn't have snack yet. You know, so that was a reason why okay. he was like kind of mm. acting out a little bit. But then wonder if there's like older people. That's like elementary. So I yeah, that. that's my wonder experience. Wonder if they're like middle school and high school when they're just bad. I mean, listen, I've my middle schoolers. I'm terrified. I literally go upstairs and I'm like, like you're crossing the street. Like, let me look to my left. Let me look to my right and make sure because it's. But again, I think it's a reflection of more complicated processes right Right? like some of these kids like their clothes are just like disheveled filthy and and, like you call the parent they're already cursing you out i didn't even say i didn't even introduce myself and you're cursing me out right so like it's it's also in the bronx uh, yes, this or is Brooklyn Bronx. or Queens or Staten Island right, like, or it's, Manhattan. It's it's, it's, it's you know it's ubiquitous. Yeah, or Westchester, Rockland County. Ubiquitous. <laughs> oh, that's a good word. What does that mean? That means pretty much like everywhere. Ubiquitous. Yes. Let me give you the oh legit definition. But yeah, how many letters is in it? Oh, ubiquitous. Hold on. Hold on. Define ubiquitous. I've heard of it. It means present, yes. appearing, or found everywhere. Where did you learn that word? I don't know. I pick up words from my friends. She's so, smart. So. She's so, She's so smart. She's so smart. Oh, gosh. Smart. But anyways. Um, There's a show. You, do you know about Abbott Elementary? Absolutely. Yes. How do you feel about that show? It Is it like really a reflection absolutely. of like... That's awesome. Absolutely. Like and they're actually, they were asking Quinta this week, you know, uh, are, are you going to do an episode met. about yeah, the shooting? And she shut it down. Yeah. Right? Like we're already consumed by this right it's on our television screens like the world does not need reminding about our lax gun laws all right um but one of the cool things about the career panel is that these kids were quizzing me Mm -hmm. so one particular classroom and they're like so do you practice the seven habits i'm like what <laughs> like what is and highly effective people i didn't know that what i have no idea so i guess it's a book i need to yeah uh, but you're highly effective anyway so you don't really i know. don't know about highly effective okay, i'm I pretty sure i have some bail. adult adhd i think i have that too oh it's it's miserable amongst other things oh i mean we're also kind of hypochondriacs but yeah that too and i also um found out that my friend kind of like web md'd diagnosed me as uh Monaga miss uh, deficient. <laughs> what? Oh my goodness! Like, is, I, I've never that's heard a legit. That di- Let me Google this. No, it's is, not. She is, just put two words together. <laughs> she just put two words together. Oh, but like she says, I just have difficulty in like my attention to one person. Like I'm easily strayed with like something else. Like I can be here and then I'll see something and I'm like, oh, that. Yeah, that's me. But it's like with with dating. Oh. So while you're on a date, you're always dis- like you're distracted by seeing someone else. I wouldn't say always, oh, but we'll yeah. save that for the next episode. We can't do absolutes. Okay. Oh, yes. interesting. Okay. But seven going habits. Back, the seven habits. So yeah. So I didn't know these seven habits. Um. So I had to look up because they were posted in the front of the classroom. <laughs> so the first one was habit one is be proactive. That's a good one. Number two, and I think this one's like really important, at least for me, because 
my career has been a lot of delayed gratification. Habit two is begin with the end in mind. Mm. Um, number three, put things first. Things number like what? Uh, so prioritize first. and achieve your most important okay. goals instead of constantly reacting to urgencies. Mm. I think habit three is something we can work on for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> habit four, think win-win. Habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And that mm. one was... It's a good one. That's, that's a, a good really one. good one. It's very important. Number six was synergize. So when this fifth grader was like, so how do you synergize with your coworkers? I'm like, what? <laughs> that's awesome. That makes me so happy. Yeah, I was like, how do you know this word? Oh, like, I didn't learn awesome. that until chemistry. Synergize, yeah. Synergize. And then habit seven, sharpen the saw. And I asked them for clarification because I wasn't sure what that meant. And they're like, how do you pretty much do self-care? How do you make sure that you're that well? That you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this a new, I've heard of them, but I think this is like a revamped, refreshed version. Oh. When I went over the seven habits, I don't think all these synergy and sharpened saws. I, well, was I don't there. know. These fifth graders yeah. from the, a school in the Bronx. Yes, in the BX. <laughs> were, yes. Okay. were quizzing me and asking me what aspects of my job do I apply the seven habits? Is this the part of the Bronx that's like closer to Brooklyn? <laughs> oh my gosh. First of all. The bottom of the like. No, we were, we were in the. Up to, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. They're highly effective. In when the was Bronx. the last time you went to the Bronx? I don't go there. Why not? We're going to schedule a trip. Don't you worry. The we Bronx has so do... much beauty. It's, there's some really, you know, I love big pun. Wise. Do you? Mm-hmm. It's good. Remy His um, children went to my elementary school. Uh, J Lo. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. What's that guy? The founder of hip hop. Um. Hip hop was Cool Herc. DJ Cool Her, Cedric Avenue. We're gonna get you're gonna come when we um, open up the hip hop museum in the BX. Yeah, I might go there. Yeah, all right. That's gonna be legendary. I might. So stay tuned for that. Yes. Yeah. I might try there. Gosh. Um, Speaking of quizzing you. Oh my. Um. So we found out that um, my voice is not like this all the time for those of you i mean i get yes yeah, yeah. multiple all y'all need to text. relax all right it's just my voice <laughs> is his voice really like this just i was like guys I, like my last text i'm like yes unfortunately like, like i it's don't know unfortunate. what else you want me to tell you like i can't change the man's voice so yeah i went to the what do they call ent yes i was about to say etn can you say etn no it's E-N. usually ent ear nose throat so or went, you can say autolaryngology oh I don't know if I can ENT. pronounce that. Yes. So, <laughs> I went to the ENT uh, doctor and um, she numbed my throat. Pause. And um, she put a camera down there uh-huh. and she recorded everything. And we seen that um, there's something on my vocal cord mm. that's preventing me from uh, sounding less raspier. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. So what's the plan? Like, do we have to put you on medical leave? Possibly in like in uh, like two months. Oh, oh my! And then I can't talk for like six days. Oh, wow. silence! That's gonna be quite. It's gonna be awesome. A journey for you. Mm, I'm gonna have like I planned it already. I'm gonna have like flashcards, <laughs> and then I'm just gonna be like this. Oh god! This. Oh my! Just head signals. Uh huh. Like, you know. Okay. 
And then like when I don't have to speak, because I don't really want like my hat says don't talk to me, and you can get that DJ critical on oh. Instagram. But oh, nice. all, all kinds of colors. Too. Yes, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. So I really don't want to talk to people. So it works. I could just be like, you know, like, <laughs> okay. Sorry. But now everybody knows your recovery period is only six days. I'm probably gonna like extend it. Yeah. Oh, you know, just to make sure. <laughs> well, actually, did you hear what happened to Doja Cat? Yes, so we had like similar, it's a similar thing. Oh, you vape? No, but she, <laughs> the condition. She has a tonsillar abscess. It's a little different. Oh, you're the doctor, I guess. Mm, I thought it was similar. Yeah, so. What's wrong? So Doja. it's her tonsil. Yeah, so she has pus on her tonsils. I don't have that. Okay, yeah. Um, so she has to get her tonsils removed and as a result also on vocal rest. But it's because she was a, a crazy vapor. I think... Um, um, and vaping is insane in these high schools mm. I think and middle I schools. On, They're starting at twelve. Just straining my voice, like like yelling on the microphones, because yeah. I'd be doing such a great do- job DJing. Guys, he literally he was somewhere last night. He's going somewhere after this. Hyping, like this man is just in the crowd and everything out of control. So yeah, but yeah, that. So like uh, September, I may sound different. Oh man, I'm excited for you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't remember how I sounded before. I think it's very yes. similar. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. Y'all need to just just relax. you know a couple high pitched notes here and there. I'm gonna start singing. Okay. Falsettos. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a dream. Okay. Okay. That was a good song. That was. <laughs> I like her. Yeah, Thanks. she's great. She's awesome. Yeah. So going back to our original topic and critical, I can you know prescribe you a nurse <laughs> if you want to for your recovery. I'm kidding. I cannot. I don't deal with adults, but oh, I was about to say, I have a, a list of <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> of uh, volunteers that can you know. Excellent. We'll keep it in mind come All September. Right, cool. um, but what this this conversation triggered um, my memory of when I listened to this podcast called "Dear White Parents." You listen to another podcast. I do only with my husband because you know, it, ironically enough, I'm not a podcast listener. Oh, okay. Yeah. Only when I'm in the car with the hubsters. The hubsters. Yeah, because he's a podcast aficionado, so we is listen it, It's to many. interesting how some words you just turn, like Dominican. <laughs> Excuse me, it's, it's Espanol, so I yeah. Mean, is it? <laughs> it is. Aficionado is like a fan. Okay. Yeah, right. it's a Spanish word that the gringos decided to make it aficionado. What's a gringo? So it's funny, the, the origin of that word. So apparently what I was told... Uh, the army fatigue is green. So when the U.S. Army was invading, I want to say, I think, Mexico, whatever, Latin American territory, the Spanish-speaking people were saying, green, go. So, like, Americans, go. But because they were green, they said, green, go. So that's, like, it's a negative connotation for... That's what I'm saying. It sounds like something else. For... Uh, just like the Spanish Americanos. <laughs> but okay. But anyways, um, so on Dear White People, uh, it was a great short... Uh, podcast series that really highlighted the inequities in funding. Um, it was about this school in Brooklyn that was by Red Hook across the street from the projects. And it goes to the history of like the, the New York City public school education. And essentially, like the PTA got hijacked by a certain group of people, decided to make the school French bilingual. And like the the dad heading the PTA, like actually hijacked the PTA and then did his own funding just for that bilingual program. Oh. Um, so anyways, like it sounds was, like initiative to me, though. It is initiative. And sometimes like 
advocacy is hard. It's a skill that is really hard to to cultivate and to teach that to other people who already kind of feel helpless and feel like, right, like, what are these politi- political people going to do for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I already had to pull myself up by this bootstraps. Right. Um, so it's hard to tell people, like, hey, if you can organize and do X, Y, and Z, you can get this stuff, right? And it's also the other important thing is the networking. Like, this guy had really rich Very people resources and stuff right right like the, i think the the fundraiser was like at the french institute right like mm. sounds good um but it's definitely i think you know take a listen to the podcast but it's something that really just opened my eyes it's about like who's networking and who's bringing in the cash and for what personal interest what reason right because right. as soon as that guy left and all his kids and that whole crew of parents guess what the bilingual program did nothing nada right I have a little Spanish too. Oh, <laughs> okay. You gotta expand your español. Mm-hmm. Try, but Mrs. B, what? Uh, um, I'm curious to hear about your, you know, your input in funding. Funding. Yes. So I don't know if you're um, familiar with um, this website called Donors Choose, where educators across the country are able to uh, generate or create projects for um, specific things that they may want, whether they would like books for their classroom, they would like manipulatives, they would like to even fund like trips. What's a manipulative? Um, Manipulatives are like tools that you can use in the classroom for like math um, that the students can use. It's just more engaging and it's like very hands-on for the children, so like counters or, um, so on Donut Shoes, you can get a lot of resources, technology. So teachers create these projects, and they'll send the projects out to, like, family members and friends first. But it's public, so um, there are very generous people out there that will go on Donut Shoes, and they'll see they'll the teachers. They'll pick something and, yeah, and just... They, they may choose to fully fund the project. Let's say it's $300. They may decide that they want to fully fund it and spend the whole oh, 300 dope. It's really nice. Or... Um, they can just decide, oh, I just want to donate $25. So that's a way that a lot of teachers across the country are able to make up for the lack, um, the of, lack of like funding. Or, from like you the know, state or Yeah, the absolutely. Um, for things that are really important for mm-hmm. the students to have and ways to like motivate the students as well. I like stuff like that because you really get to, get to know that your money is being put to good, good use. Like it's going straight to like the students that, you know, that need it, not just with uh, the big budgets where it's just like spread out thin and you don't know if it's really going to get to the places that really need it. Exactly. So then once a project, and I've done three projects over the years, they've been fully funded. Um, I would take pictures of my students, let's say using, you know, one year I did flexible seating. Yeah, I remember that one. So my students had like these really nice chairs they can sit in during reading time. Um, They had like cushions for their We should do that for for the podcast, like donors choose and Don- we can like get new equipment and new well maybe chairs. that's like that's more like a GoFundMe. so donors choose yeah. GoFundMe is you know a little similar so, okay. um and so then the student like we would take pictures upload that and the students would also um send cards or letters saying thank you yeah so it's really it's really nice um and most recently i had a project that was funded by actually one of your listeners oh that's dope it yeah. was Thanks. um really surprising it was fully funded by one listener which was really sweet and look at y'all changing yeah. lives so that really Vital made me so listeners. happy yeah um and it was really centered around like financial literacy mm-hmm. um and these game cards they're called legacy game cards 
and um, the students are really excited to use these cards and just get exposed to um, financial literacy at early, yeah, and early. elementary school age. Yeah. Exposure is everything. So. And we're going to have, you know, Mr. B come up here and talk about financial literacy. Not for the young folk, but also for us. Because yeah, my financial literacy uh, as a youngster was in the streets. Oh, my, oh yeah. I had none. As like, my brother was better at saving, so I always had to borrow money. Until this day, I'm just like, yo, bro, can you just uh, put this on your card and I'll pay you back? <laughs> yeah, I was a hustler oh. at the, the tender age of nine. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of what, cookies, I hope? All sorts of things. <laughs> okay. Anything I can get my hands on. Oh, interesting. Were you flipping Jordans at this time? Uh, no, it was a uh, Batman sneakers. Batman. Batman. Oh, oh. check you yeah, out. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't at the trademarked yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, you know the little kids. They like the you know cartoon character kicks. So you know I would get them for the low, oh. sell them for the high. Okay. Oh, make a profit. Just mm-hmm. okay. some Nella wafers on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Fruit snacks, oh, all that. Throwing a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> so sprinkle it on top. Oh, yeah, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> a mess. Yeah. Oh, man. But I'm glad this, you know, your hustler spirit was ingrained mm-hmm. from, from, from such a young age. A, a talk. Oh, yeah. man. But it starts young. I remember yeah. my sister and I, we used to sell bookmarks in elementary school. Oh. Um, and we would come around and, you know, the students would tell us what they would, our classmates would tell us what they would like on their bookmark. And we used to laminate it by putting tape. <laughs> oh, I love that type Around of laminate. Yeah, resourceful. Scotch tape, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was laminated, punch a hole, have a like, little string. That's and cute. It was like and our little, little business. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, we got we to, gotta, you know, we can't do laminate stands in New York City, but, you know, you got to find a way. I have a friend that her son is actually, but she's in Long Island, oh. and he has a lemonade stand. And first he was selling it for one one dollar. <laughs> And then he was like, nah, this is way too good. I got to <laughs> Yesterday's prices. <laughs> and now it's $4. $4? And, yeah. Oh, my wow. goodness. But he's using, like, really, like, good ingredients. Oh. So like it's worth organic it. lemons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. So he's doing it. He's doing it big. Shout out Carson, to him. Carson, shout out to you, Carson. Yes. Nice. Another humble brag right there. Yeah. All right, kind folks. So with that, we are at the end of our episode number nueve um so we're gonna assign you a random act of kindness and again in the same vein of you know giving back to teachers and you know a couple of weeks ago was teacher appreciation week but really every day is teacher appreciation day hell yeah um because it's it's a hard job man they're social workers they're educators they're parents they're they many many hats they're many chefs hats. they're 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 a lot they're they oh, do yeah, wear cooking it up yeah man you know little, little cookies to warm the soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this week, our random act of kindness is to thank a teacher, either former or present. I recently hit up my fifth grade teacher on Facebook, and I'm like, you know, thank you. You were amazing. That's nice. That's, that's, really that's nice. an easy one. I can go back to my college, too, and just go around and go into classes and be like, hey, thanks. Yeah. You did a good job. Okay. Because I think my elementary school, I think they, they added some more... Um, schools to the school mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. like a charter school that's mm-hmm. like it got it so like i don't yeah. think they're just teachers from before there but then you can i'll go back to them. tech i'll go back to high school brooklyn technical high school yes. like the best high school on the east coast Europe. it's a very good high school yeah the, the yeah. one of the best yeah it's very good <laughs> all right with that we're signing out we are episode out. nine yes thank you all for your continued support and we'll see you next time peace adios <laughs> bye